What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Renition, joined as always by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, the best co-host in the business, Devin Jackson. Devin, how you doing today, man? Yo, what's up, Mike? Doing pretty good. Monday uh, evening that we're recording this, so, you know, I do want to apologize ahead of time because there are going to be a lot of moments where you can tell that it's kind of later than we normally record. Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, absolutely. Again, normally we record like Monday afternoon. Neither of us were really feeling it this afternoon. Figuring we do a little bit of a later show. Um, but you know, before we get into uh, reviewing what happened this past week, because there was a lot, both college and uh, on the NFL, I want to remind the folks that today's episode is by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, except they're way better, one, way better tasting, and two, way better for you. Remember to use the promo code BIGSHOTS to get 10% off your next order. All right, Devin, let's start by breaking down these college games. What do you say? Yeah, let's go for it, man. All right, so Friday night, it all started off Louisiana Lafayette on the road at Appalachian State. And Louisiana Lafayette comes out with the victory in an interesting game, 24-21. Levi Lewis leading passer in the game with 101 yards. Yeah, let me tell like I said, I'm off the Levi Lewis train. Uh, he might need to come back another season. I think he's really. going to. Yeah, he might need to come back another season. But uh, his teammate, Trey Regis, uh, made it to the East-West Shrine game. Uh, so shout out to him. I thought uh, there he, wasn't going to be one. Yeah, there isn't going to be one, but they're still giving out the invites. As if there was going to be one. So I, I Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't do it, but... I, you know, actually, I would do it, because that's good for, you know, have that social media presence. But at the same time, it's like, damn, you know, we're not even having the game. So we're, we're kind of in the back of our minds, hypothetically getting excited, but... It's not going to be a game. So Yeah, because I looked at that, I'm like, but I thought that they canceled that. So uh, it's kind of like how they're giving out the Pro Bowl nods, but there's not going to be a Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's it's like, okay, cool. You know, for them, it's a little bit more of an incentive because, you know, they get bonuses for making the Pro Bowl and some of their contracts. But, you know, for college, it really doesn't matter, no, it really unfortunately. Doesn't. But, yeah, App State, uh, again, when we when – we like we're talking about the uh you know the college football landscape at the beginning of the season we really thought that App State was going to be the best team in the Sun Belt and that has not been the case they've been good about. they're 7 and 3 it's not like they're bad this year but Lafayette and Coastal Carolina listen uh, i can't wait to talk about Coastal Carolina i can't either <laughs> Well, we have, we have a little interruption. Yeah, uh, to this yeah. Podcast. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Titan has decided to uh, hang over top of my laptop screen and distract Devin. So, and this, me in the process. He's taking up half of my screen. This episode of the Big Shots podcast is brought to you by Titan's whiskers and head. <laughs> and now Devin can't see me at all. Right on cue. Right on cue. It's like he heard. All yeah. right, then going over. Yeah, back to the, back awesome. to the game. Yeah, uh, yeah, Lafayette. Man, there are some there are some good coaches in the Sun Belt. I think for one, I think Billy Napier is a, is a lock to lead. Can you imagine in the same like? I'm not gonna lie. There are two Sun Belt coaches being mentioned for SEC jobs, and that to me is insane. Going from the Sun Belt. To the SEC, I thought it was nuts when Eli Drinkwitz did it last year. I think it's more nuts that it could happen twice this year. Yeah, I mean, Billy Napier, he's been building and building, and now you can't deny it. You beat a Power 5 team. You beat Appalachian State. That's kind of been a thorn in your side the last couple of seasons. So, um, you know, he has to feel good, and he has a chance to knock off Coastal Carolina uh, either next week or the week after, I think, in the Sun Belt Championship. So, they they have big opportunities, um, you know, for him in Louisiana, and I think he's he's probably going to get a power five job. Yeah, for sure. for sure. If not one of the SEC jobs, there's another job coming his way, or, or at least a, a OC job potentially. Oh no, yeah, yeah. He he he's not he's not going to be in Lafayette much longer. No. We go from that game to a game involving a different. Um, sorry, 
Titans just messing everything up on my desk right now. Um, a, a game involving a different team from the state of Louisiana, Alabama versus LSU. Oh, boy. 55-17. Uh, Devontae Smith, by the way, eight catches, 231, and three touchdowns. Yeah, I didn't do the prospects that impressed me this week, but I he'll noticed been at the top. That. Yeah, he'll be at the top of the list for sure. Um, man, he's he's like one of those players. Like he just puts up the the stats and numbers and and can do things that you expect these other receivers to be able to do. But he just he's so small, man. You know, so Devontae Smith is just he's just such an interesting prospect. Because he plays like a first rounder, but his body type and you know how he could potentially translate to the NFL, it doesn't match, you know. So it that's been the the kind of the most confusing thing to figure out in this draft process. Like, how do you rank him against other guys that are more physically talented and, and physically gifted, or just have the size that you were looking for? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Alabama really just turned this into a cakewalk early it was 45 to 14 at halftime i mean my god <laughs> <laughs> I, it doesn't get more I don't LSU wanna... just looks so outmatched this year and of course like we knew they were going to take a step back this year we knew it, they were it was going to happen we just didn't think to this level what one thing i did Devin, and i think would be an interesting topic when we don't have as many games to preview is to actually go back and look at my preview articles, because some of these I was spot on, some of these I was dead wrong. LSU was one of those. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you need to look at the team, man. It just goes to show you, you need to have good assistance, but you need to have good assistance for their assistance. It's like, there's, you got so many guys steps down that are filling these new roles, and, you know, they know some, but they don't know it all. I mean, you brought in Bo Pelini, who's I, don't, I still don't understand that hire. I mean, there's other guy. You, hell, I would have preferred Greg Williams. Somebody else, man. Bo Pelini's defense has been awful. Straight up awful. They got NFL guys on that team somehow, but it's been awful. Yeah, I and think the less said about this game, the better for, for just for your sanity. It is. It, I didn't even watch the game, man. <laughs> just straight up with you. I, I, the only thing I've seen from that game is the highlights. I have not sat down and actually watched that game. So when I get the all twenty-two in like a month or two, or whenever I get it, it's gonna be it's gonna be painful. I'm gonna have the double the pain because it's like you remember what you did last year with LSU, and then plus, you know what happened this year, and they've been blown off the field multiple times. Just not very fun. Just not a very fun team to watch this year. Absolutely. Speaking, of, so that's speaking, why. Of not, speaking of not very fun, <laughs> one in ten Syracuse. <sighs> I didn't think Syracuse was going to be good this year. I didn't think they were going to be that bad. Yeah, I thought that they'd be like a if if it were to go a full you know twelve game season like it normally would, they'd be like three, four, maybe five wins. Didn't see one in ten coming whatsoever. Now, they kept it close with, with Notre Dame for a quarter. They actually took the lead at one point, about a quarter and a half. And, and then they rolled over and died, and it was 45-21. to 21. And Ian Book, okay, I don't, I'm done talking about this game for one reason, because I just want to talk about a quote that Ian Book was hearing about the comparisons he's heard about himself. Yeah, you know, a lot of the smaller quarterbacks, Ian Book, Russell Wilson, you hadn't heard that, had you? Whoa, they're saying he's the same size as Russell Wilson? He's he's in that same mold of those smaller quarterbacks. Is he, though? No. No, he's not. No, he is not. Now, okay, Ian Book, per ESPN, is 6 foot 205. Yo, Russell's uh, five t- five eleven, but two thirty. Baker's six foot, but two thirty. Dude, he's not. No, he's not at all. Those guys. Oh, and those guys have strong arms. And Ian Book, he has like an arm that makes Colt McCoy look like Pat Mahomes. 
So no, what I'm saying is he's not those. He's like Todd Reesing from Kansas back in the day. That is a throwback. That is a throwback. I saw that from Matt Miller. He goes, nah, I don't think he's like that. I'm like, I think he might be like that Kansas quarterback. What was his name? People are like, oh, you mean Todd Reesing? I'm like, yeah, that would be the one I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Uh, other than that, this game is completely missable. 45-21, Notre Dame with a, frankly, uninspired. You should destroy Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is at they this point. Now, the now they're just, players. now they're just trying to get, stay healthy and get into the Clemson game at this point. Also true. Why don't we transition right into that Clemson game? Cause Virginia Tech, again, kept it close for about a quarter. It's, it's one of those things, man. Yeah, it was 17-10 at halftime. And then that, that was it for Virginia Tech. That was it. Yeah, I uh, mean, I don't, I don't. Ex- got hurt, which, which was scary. Yeah. Uh, he is okay. Uh, he should be able to play for Virginia. The Virginia game next week, but yeah, it's a rivalry game. Yeah, that, that's probably the only reason. If, if it wasn't Virginia, he's probably out. I'm pretty sure Virginia won that game last year, didn't they? In some crazy game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Virginia um, Tech, by the way, five straight losses. It's been they've had uh, they've had a tough road. Is Fuente gone? You say who? Fuente? Is Fuente Fuente gone? I think in a surprise move he gets fired. I think they're like. I don't think it's a surprise at this year, man. He's not been good with recruiting. He's not finished season strong. Yeah, but think about how loyal Virginia Tech has been to their coaches. Yeah, but here's the thing: Beamer was at least doing. Beamer was doing so much better. Yeah, he was a guaranteed eight win. Yeah, Fuente, you're scratching and clawing to get to 500 most years. It hasn't been good, and it's been getting progressively worse. They've had talent all over the field, but they just the coaching just is not great. They they cannot coach at end of game, uh, making adjustments in the second half. Now I will say this: there are a lot of people that are apparently jumping off the Trevor Lawrence bandwagon, and I would just like to remind you that you are the same people that did this to Justin Fields two weeks ago. It don't even matter at this point. I'm I'm pretty much tuning out because now it gets about the time where draft Twitter becomes a war. Toxic. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's already becoming that way. Look, man, I'm I'm not going. I can't be... wait to see Ian book QB one takes because. Okay, did you see the Heisman? Stack yes, draft yes, with, I did. With ten yes, QB I wins. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> a Heisman hopeful. And the stat you have on him is QB wins. I don't understand. How is that a real stat? It's not. Like it's didn't not. Like, didn't like Colt McCoy supposedly have the most wins in in college football history or something like that? that? And then Tim Tebow took it over. It's like. And then I think McCarron took it from him. Like, does it matter? Like, do, you know how, do you know how many bad games they've had during that stretch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Colt McCoy didn't even make it in the national championship. So it's like, what's the point, man? Yeah. All right. Number four, Ohio State. I told you, I told you they would cover against Michigan State. I said I would be shocked if Michigan State scored ten points. They, they really wanted to prove me wrong, Devin. They put up they twelve. <laughs> they did. Um, Fifty-two, twelve. Ohio State did cover. Fields did not have to do much in this game. Uh, Trey Sermon, he, 112 yards. Chris Olave. Yeah, he he's been he's he's like that in that second tier with Amron St. Brown. You know, in my opinion, they're both like creeping first round, right. second round range. So I feel like both of them are like in that same area. I have him in the Rondell Moore, Terrace Marshall, Amon Ross, St. Brown territory. Yeah, yeah, all them them group together, uh, but. Peyton Thorne came in and the freshmen look good. I mean, Michigan State. I mean, it's, it's they, easy they to look had much three better. Years of Brian Lewerke and Rocky Lombardi. So, listen, uh, have you seen this man's haircut? Yes, yes, I have. It is. That's bad. all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Um, that's who you have as your, your starting quarterback, man. <laughs> Bad decisions were made. Yeah. Um, I, I think Peyton Thorne is probably going to take over for them and finish out the season for them. Um, but, yeah, Ohio State, 
Joseph Fields literally did everything because the offensive line was not great. They had what a couple of people missing. Um, I think there were I think like Munford, Myers. Sorry, twenty players, twenty-one players. Yeah, they missed a couple offensive linemen. The center was all over the place with the snaps. So Fields pretty much made nothing out of something. Pretty yeah, much the entire th- game. there's another phrase I was thinking of, but you, you, you. <laughs> we're keeping a PG here, folks. Are we? Are we? For now. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's us. It's bound to happen at some point. Uh, next game up, we had number five Texas A&M beating Auburn thirty-one to ten. Uh, Bo Nix is still bad. Shocker. Kellen Mond is okay. He is. I'm just very excited about A&M's twenty twenty-two guys. Listen, they got so many good defensive players, offensive players, running back, tight end, defensive ends. You know, corners. I mean, they got, they got, you know, guys all over the place for the 2022 class. Like, uh, DeMar- DeMarvin Leal is one of my guys for next season. Uh, the, the, the defensive lineman slash edge for A&M. Of course, Isaiah Spiller, uh, Jalen Widermeyer. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're talented all over. You don't even know who's coming up next for A&M at quarterback. So. Right. Mon has been holding down the spot and just making quarterbacks transfer and transfer. So. Okay, so I just want to say I watched the Auburn safety in this one, Jamie and Sherwood. Mm. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Um, stiff, slow, and not aggressive. That's all understandable. That just, yeah, all things that scream, I'm out. Yeah, I've, I've seen his name kind of kind of swirl over the last couple of weeks, but I don't think he's gonna do enough to fault him in that first round range. Oh God, no. We're we're talking that best fifth. Like he Ooh. he's not he's not good. He's mm. like not good. Well, can't wait to look on the film on that. Oh yeah. That's, Have fun. That is drastically different from what everyone seems to think of him. So yeah, no, it, it's not good, buddy. Um, you know who is good though? Kyle Pitts, thirty-one nineteen over Tennessee. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt is probably gone. We're gonna have to when, when all is said and done and all of these vacancies open up, we're gonna have to do like a podcast kind of ranking these jobs, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't see a way in which Pruitt saves his job. I mean, this was a team that won like five straight starting, you know, you know, coming into the year, then, you know, two and zero to start, so it was like seven straight wins. All right, Pruitt's got it figured, and then it died. They did, however, move on from Garantano in this game. I don't know Thank if you God. noticed that they, I, uh, what was the kid's name? Uh, they had J.T. Shrout and Harrison Bailey both take snaps. Thank God, it was, it was time. Time was up for him, man. It's been time it's been was time up, up for, for a while. Hot minute. But they're stubborn, so. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Pruitt's got to go. Jeremy Pruitt has got to go. I was excited about this game coming into the, into the uh, the weekend, and then the game kicked off, and I was no longer excited because West Virginia got annihilated by Iowa State. You know what? This was disrespectful. Brock Purdy went twenty of twenty three. This was disrespectful because we could add Coastal and BYU on ESPN. So the fact that they put that that time slot and then made us suffer through that game. For those who watched, I didn't watch the game, but those who watched it, we need to get a good Stills Brothers performance, man. ESPNU, I'll tell you what, ESPNU had the highest ratings it's ever had. Probably Saturday. Yeah, uh, Iowa State won forty-two to six. Brees Hall held under a hundred yards, but Brock Purdy just picked apart the West Virginia secondary. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, I saw a take. I can't remember who exactly it was, but it was somebody from TDN. Uh, Charlie Kolar is a day two guy, you think? Um, yeah. I mean, right now I've got Kolar at tight end six. I'm rejigging the big board. I, I've got him. He's at 108 overall for me. Yeah. Late day two, early day three. Yeah, that's I, what I, I was can thinking. Dig it. I can dig it. 
Yeah, I, I was thinking if he's gonna go, you know, uh, you know, day two is gonna be probably late. Yeah, I mean, I still have him behind Kerry Angeline, Hunter Long, Brevin Jordan, Fryer Muth, and Pitts. So not many people know about Kerry Angeline yet. I think I'm actually higher on him than you are overall. I got him at uh, tight end, I believe seven. Yeah, so I am. Yeah, because I I have Angeline cracking that top 100. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those guys that, like I said, sink beneath the surface. But there's there's a couple of people that know about him. There's a couple, there's a couple, uh, you know, people that understand what he brings to the table. So we'll find out, you know, pro day and stuff. People will kind of, hey, I think, hey, Devin, realize. Are you ready to talk about another blowout? Oh boy, let's talk about Miami and Duke. I saw, uh, I saw not a lick of this game. I actually, this game was hilarious to watch. So remember when like the season started and like Cameron Harris had like two or three games where like, oh my God, he's actually, maybe he's a content. And then he disappeared for like two months. Yeah. All he yep. needed to do was face Duke 15 carries and 96 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Duke's defense was exposed in every conceivable way. Um, I mean, Dubuque got a cute, got one hurry. Same with Chris Rumpf. Neither of them able to get a sack. And I believe they're both within. I think Dubuque is in the top ten in sacks nationally. Uh, Rumpf has taken a bit of a step back this year. He's just not moving the needle. He's still way too damn small. Uh, but yeah, uh, Chase Bryce is laughably bad. I don't know what it is about these Trevor Lawrence backups. Did you see his his stats? I did. 20 to 25, 94 yards? And he th- those five incompletions were bad. Like, there was an overthrow by five or ten yards. There was an underthrow by five or ten yards. It was... Whew. My God, did you turn to Drew Brees overnight? Yeah. I he, mean... He, yeah, that... Uh, I, I think it's kind of funny that in back-to-back years we've had hyped-up former backups of, of of Trevor Lawrence go to other Power 5 schools, I'm and those teams that. have become a joke with I them under center that. because Bryce has not been good, and, I mean, we, we Hunter Johnson. Bad. Very bad. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of interesting how those guys will transfer and then they fall apart at the new school, and the new school can't – can't do anything yeah because they put a lot of stock into them so it's like you really don't have a backup plan nope i watched this one Devin, and i really don't know why is oklahoma and baylor the fighting dave arandas i mean i'll tell you baylor's defense is good they're scrappy they keep them in games their offense is pathetic these stat lines are have just been horrible the last. By the two way, games. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Baylor's offensive coordinator is former head coach of UNC, uh, Larry Fedora. Oh boy. Uh yeah. Yeah, it's Larry Fedora. Uh, with uh, and yeah, this. Oof. Listen, man, familiarity will will get you killed in this business. I will say this. Ronnie Perkins, the edge rusher from Oklahoma, since he's come mm. back off that suspension, he has been a terror. He was yeah, that, utilizing. Yeah, that was someone I highlighted uh, preseason as someone that could break out for the Big 12 Same, players. And uh, once he once he started getting carry, or like, get, like getting play time, it, it – it was lights out. He's been he's been on fire. Same with the other edge rusher they've got, uh, Isaiah Thomas. He had two and a half sacks in this game, by the way. Thomas did, um, and Thomas is a big old boy, six five, two sixty seven, wearing ninety five out there. Deep edge rusher class. Don't know if he declares. If not, someone to watch for next year. Probably uh, Oklahoma won this one twenty seven to fourteen. Uh, yeah, I mean, Baylor can't get a running game going whatsoever, and their pass game involves Charlie Brewer having to throw it 56 times. 
What is it with these Big 12 schools and holding on to their quarterbacks for five and six years, man? It seems <laughs> like Brewer's been there. Been, been in the Big 12 for about seven years. Yeah, he's been, he's like been there since Bryce Petty left Baylor. <laughs> feels like it, man. And Stidham. Oh, that's right. Stidham was at Baylor, too. <laughs> Speaking of Stidham, we'll talk about him later. Oh, yeah. All right. Moving along. All right, this game was fun, but also at the same time a little boring. <laughs> I told everyone on the preview show last week, don't be surprised if Indiana wins outright because Wisconsin being favored by 14 was disrespectful. Wisconsin didn't even put up 14 points in this game. You know what? You, I gotta, I gotta think those betters are silly because even if they did put up 14 points, they're, you know, okay on defense, but they're not like... Indiana's down. a better defense in this. In, in yeah. This. It's like, y'all are swinging it the wrong way. I would have still had Indiana favor in this game no matter what. I'll tell you, Indiana... I mean, we've talked about Taiwan Mullen on this show for about a year and a half now. Yeah, it, it's it's over a year at this point. Uh, But, I mean, they have this really good linebacker. He kind of, I mean, Micah McFadden reminds me of Patty Fisher. He even kind of looks like Patty Fisher. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to, to, to see people Listen, hyping him up next year. Jamar Johnson, the safety. That was going to be the, the other he is one. A dude. He is a dude. Why do I do this to myself, Devin? The other one that impressed me is their big nose tackle. Number 50, C.O. Hang on. Sio Nofuanga Totoa. Whoa. Nofuanga Totoa. Nofuanga Totoa. I remember it being said a few times. Yes. There we go. We got it. Yes. This big old Samoan dude, 6'4", 315, only a sophomore, uh, four tackles in this game, just a big old run stuff. stuff uh, big old run stuff. For, um, he has nine tackles on the year. So that tells you what his role in this defense is. But he came up big in this game. Yeah, he did. Uh, I mean, Indiana, man, Tom Allen, he's going to start getting them calls soon, man. I don't know, man. He's got a very expensive buyout. I know, but... He's making four and a half a year. Someone's going to be willing to pay, man. You beating, yeah. you beating Big Ten teams like that and state, sticking with Ohio State? I mean, that resume right there. I mean, Stevie Scott had probably his best game of of the year. The stats weren't there, but he was just just running through guys. It's taking yeah, time. We said if Indiana was going to win, Stevie Scott had to be big. Yeah, and then like you you mentioned, you know, uh, Jamar Johnson. They've got another corner, uh, the the one opposite of um, Taiwan Mullen in Juwan Burgess. Where like, there's no one you can really target in this defense now they're all they're good at all levels and jamar johnson i mean 6'1 197 he's a junior i don't think it's this year but maybe next year i want to know who's calling tom allen's defense that's who i want to know because they are Uh, schemes they saw oh uh kane womack is his name he's about to start getting buzz too yes he is Yes, he is. This Indiana team is not to be played with. They're, I believe, ranked eighth in the AP poll, which is eighth. Yeah, they're legit. <sighs> All right, this is the game that actually mattered this weekend. Let's not fuck around. Yes, there sir. you go. There's the cuss for this Come show. On. BYU, Coastal Carolina, the Mormons versus the Mullets. Um, Listen. Before we what do you want to talk, talk about, about with this game? There was so much. There's a five foot nine center. Listen, Coastal Carolina, I told y'all, they scrappy, man. They are a scrappy football team. I, did I expect them to win? No, but boy. On two days' notice, they delivered us probably the best game of the season. Easily. It's not even close. Like The drama, the drama leading up to it, kind of the narratives, everything about it lived up to the billing. I will take this game over Notre Dame versus Clemson because at least we had both starting quarterbacks. Exactly. 
we had a even matched, evenly matched game. Because uh, basically, so, they t- they told Zach Wilson, "You're going to rely on your playmakers to make plays because you're not beating us." And here's the thing. All right, so do you want to talk about just some of the hair that was on Coast Carolina? I already knew about that, but yeah, I did not. So I knew about that. Okay, so there was that. I did not know the Coast Carolina center is five foot nine. I I I briefly knew that because I know they mentioned it before because they talked about it in the Louisiana game. Coastal Carolina's biggest offensive lineman is like six two and like two hundred and ninety five pounds. Yep. Uh, BYU did not know how to stop the offensive attack for Coast Carolina. It's unique. It's it spread option. He's on. He was on with Barrett Salee and Tom Luganville, and it was like, yeah. Uh, when I was at this school starting off, we had like seventeen scholarships. So I'm like, let's do a lot of triple option, and then uh, started doing some spread from this. It's like, man, he has so many different looks. CJ Marable looks like he's about five seven. <laughs> I don't he's believe he's five eleven like uh like ESPN lists him. Absolutely not. No. Um, Grayson McCall. He's good. Teron Jackson. He is also good. I, I'm mad that he got hurt because it kind of derailed him a little bit, but he still looked good in his limited um, role. Let's talk about the one right before half. Yeah. Zach Wilson throws a pick, and then he's just bullied for like a good yeah. 20 yards. So it's like it really depends on, I think, to some degree, how you feel about Zach Wilson you know, generally speaking, and, you know, kind of your background on, in football because the defensive players are like, look, we do that all the time. <laughs> you go after the quarterback, you know, when you get an interception or whatever, but, you know, then the offense is like, you know, it's a little excessive. So to me, you know, it was a little bit overboard, but, you know. I loved I mean, it. I'm sorry. I, I love it. It just made it made the game that much better cuz it's it like was chippy. There was a there was some pushing and shoving. Like Well, you, if you think about it, Zach Wilson's like the pretty boy, you know. Oh yeah. Kind of swooning everybody. Et cetera, Legitimately, et cetera. if he were at a Power 5 school, you could have you could envision him at USC. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That type of guy, right? Yeah. So, you know, of course they're going to be like, "Look, he's not that great. We're going to, you know, bully him." <laughs> you know so who had a bad game in this one was Gunnar Romney. He had just a bad game. Listen, Dante Colinelli. Oh my god, <laughs> jokes he was making, man. Oh my god, yeah. There, some we can repeat, some we can't. But I think it's yeah. best if we just don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I was disappointed with BYU's receivers. I think that was pretty much the difference in a game, um, because. Coastal Carolina was going to do what they did. They controlled the game pretty much the entire way with their running game. And then BYU was like hit or miss on big plays, and they were missing. So, Yeah. Um, I can't I can't believe how good of a game that was. Uh, we're going to speed things up a little bit here. Uh, okay, TCU beating Oklahoma State. The, the wheels have fallen off yeah. at Oklahoma State. Um they can't, they can't take care of the ball. They just can't. No. Fumbling, interceptions, it's just all bad. Uh, Trayvon Morig had a fantastic one-handed interception in the end zone. Yeah, it pretty much sealed the game. You know what? Okay, so Spencer Sanders had a great, like, bomb down the sideline to, ta- uh, to Tylen Wallace, where, you know, in stride, perfectly on, you know, on a go route, right into the end zone, perfect throw. But one of my favorite things in this entire game was watching, uh, oh god, I can't, now I can't even remember what, what school juked out who, but, uh, I'm just, you know, it was Oklahoma State juking out TCU. Yeah, so, Sanders dumps a little, a little, you know, drag release route out to, uh, tight end, who just jukes the soul out of a TCU defender. It was bad. It was amazing, because it was also like the slowest cut I've ever seen. Yeah. It was only a move a Titan could pull off, to be honest, or a big running back. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was it was quite funny. It was quite funny. Um, but yeah, like Oklahoma State. At what 
point does Oklahoma State realize that if they want to do something that they need to move on from Gundy? Yeah, I think it's time. I mean, clearly they've shown that they could have all the cars stacked for them. You know, they could have pretty much all you got to do is win. All you got to do is beat Texas and Oklahoma, and you're going to make it to the Big 12 championship. Potentially make the college football playoff, but they're just just like. And then you just lost all your momentum. Is it three straight for them? Or is it three out of four? No, no, no. They won last week barely against Kansas State, but uh, I think three out of the last four. Yeah, three out of the last four, Texas, Oklahoma, and TCU. Like, Texas, Oklahoma, I can understand. TCU, though? You lost to the team that beat Texas. Should have seen this coming. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't care at all to talk about North Carolina versus West. Excuse me, Western Carolina. Yeah. They won 49-9. to Congratulations. Iowa beat Illinois thirty-five to twenty-one. Illinois is actually winning in this game. <laughs> I love how you just like they were winning. I don't know how. Just <laughs> they were winning. That's all I can say. I mean, my guy Josh Emater Bebe caught another touchdown. Always going to rep for him. But other than that, everything else fell off the rails. Iowa has one of the best running backs for for next year in Tyler Goodson, and they don't really block well. Use- 92 yards. This is Iowa. Why are they passing it? Their quarterback is bad. Spencer Petrus, he's not good. Yeah. How do we tackle this next one? What the fuck, Marshall? I don't even know what to say. Grant Wells throws five interceptions. Against Rice. Freshmen do do freshman stuff. Against Rice, though. Against Rice. I mean, they only played three games on the season. They ain't played Uh, in like a month. Against Rice. (laughs) (sighs) This game was dumb. And they lost at home, which made it even ten times worse. Oh, yeah. They got a And they have fans. They got shut out by Rice. Yikes. Yeah, uh, Stanford beat Washington, and a big reason uh, why, when I went back and watched it, well, one, Washington can stop the run at all. But two, Stanford just neutralized, and good God almighty, I'm doing it to myself again, uh, this edge rusher that has been just, Washington's played three games. He's won. ZTF. ZTF. Sorry, ZTF. Remember who you're talking to. <laughs> Uh, Zion Tupuola Fatui, uh, he did not register a tackle in this game. And that's big for a dude that's averaging like two and a half sacks a game right now. Yeah, he's still insane. Um, people are already, people are already trying to jump on the 2022 edge one. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau is obviously going to be in the one next uh, year. So. Zion's eligible for this year. Oh. Maybe he does declare. I mean, it's been a relatively. Up and down edge class. Legitimately, I see more with Zion than I do with Joe Tryon. I can see that. He plays that same role because he's like 6'3", 280 playing edge because Washington has like nine guys where like you are between 6'2", and 6'6", and between 265 and 295, you play defensive end or a linebacker. Or defensive da- or nose tackle. You just play everything. Their defense doesn't make any sense, and it's both it's incredibly frustrating to, to scout their defense and amazing. Yeah, but man, I mean, it's been disappointing for Washington because you thought they were going to be a team that comes out and potentially challenges for the Pac-12, but thought they might. Thought they might. They're not as bad as one of the other teams that I thought was going to contend for the the Pac-12. However, however, it is a victory Monday in this household, Devin. Oregon goes on the road and loses to the computer science nerds of the greatest school in Northern California. 
Not Stanford. No one cares about Stanford. The California Golden Bears, 21-17. to Cameron Bynum, friend of the show, having himself a good game. Yeah, he did. Um, Quoney Dang also had a good game, too. Quoney Dang also had a great game. Yeah, they they look good. I mean, there's really nothing else to say much about, about that. I mean, they finally got the win they needed. They have Washington State next week. I think they can pull it off. It'll not be a very good season. It'll be a five-game season for Gal. Think, let that sit, sink in for a second. But they're not going to be as bad as maybe. Like, if they had lost this game, it was over. It was just over. Yeah. There's something to build off of seeing the the reaction post game. It was great to see thing oh oh I was so happy, Devin. I bet. I, I also had a an opportunity to kind of rub it in with uh with, with our guy Brentley Weissman over over at TDN who was a, a an Oregon alum. <laughs> we finish off the, the the college games this week with Tulsa winning nineteen to six over Navy. That was a slug fest. That was ugly. It was. It was. Uh, oh, no, we're not done, because that's right, Devin. There was the Sunday night game in which Amon Ross St. Brown went out of his damn mind and got four touchdown catches in a single quarter. Yep. 38-13, dominating Washington State, did USC. Yeah. Um, it was pretty much over. Washington State's been so bad <laughs> this year. It was, it was over from the get-go. I mean, I don't even know who they beat. Oregon State. It's not saying much, man. Nope. Uh, yeah. Before we go over to the NFL, there is one game I want to talk about. Uh, it is a game that will probably end up with a coach that I like getting fired at the end of the year because Purdue just never really was competitive against, of all teams, Nebraska. That was frustrating because they got way too many too many talent, talented guys on the field. I mean, you got to two stud receivers. Uh, I mean, the quarterback is throwing for a crazy amount of yards, but it's just not resulting in anything. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's breeze through these NFL games. Right now, as we do, it is 7 o'clock Eastern on Monday. Uh, the Steelers and the team residing in the suburb of Landover, Maryland. Uh, it is 14-3 at halftime. Uh, the Bills game is obviously later to come. And then there's the Tuesday nighter. So, yeah, what a clusterfuck this week in the NFL was. The Saints beat the Falcons. Uh, this did not surprise me. Sorry, Falcons. Back to reality you go. Have fun losing to a fullback. That they did. He he's he kept them in a the game, though. He fumbled yeah. twice. It was stupid. But, yeah, I mean... Saints defense looking way better than I ever thought they would. So The Detroit Lions did exactly what I thought they would, Devin. As soon as Matt Patricia's key card did not work anymore, they came out and they actually played inspired football, and they beat the Bears, something they should have done in week one. See, the Lions are back to giving Adrian Pearson 16 carries again. No. <laughs> No, no, they yeah. did, did they? Yep. Um, and giving Carryon Johnson three. What the hell is with this team? Have they not learned? No. Have they not learned anything? Nope. Have they forgotten the fact he's thirty-five? Yeah. Moving on. I mean, yeah, the Bears are a sad man. They're, They're sad. very sad. Six out of seven. We, we knew they were fraudulent when they started four and one. So they were five and one. Man, this is six in a row they've lost. By man. the way, they, they they now fall behind the Lions in the pecking order, I believe. Well, I'll tell you when when Zach Wilson's playing for the Bears next year, they'll still be bad. Probably if they have Nagy. <sighs> There's a lot of damage done to that roster. They need an overhaul entirely. The Browns did something I didn't expect to see from them. I, and I know we've kind of shit on the on the Browns for for 
you know, not playing against teams that matter. But Baker Mayfield was actually the driving force of this one. So again, something we have not seen at any point in his career. They won 41 to 35, and it was only because the Titans kind of pulled back into this game. Yeah, the Titans have done this before. Play a complete crap in the first half, second half, they try and come back late. They did that to Steelers earlier this season. But look, man, the game was over by halftime. Uh, Baker probably played one of his best games of his career. Um, you know, Stefanski was drawing no great plays, and they just looked like a good football team. Yeah, like, this, this is a potential playoff matchup again. Probably wild card. I could see it. It all depends on who wins their division. In the, in the end, and so. it's, it's looking like it's probably going to be um, Tennessee. Oh, no, because the Colts are still a game up on them, I think. Or a half game up on them. I think Titans probably sneak it out. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go through these next couple of games very quickly because they really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> Dolphins beat the Bengals 19-7. to There was a fight. What was hilarious is that the offensive line for the Bengals sat on the bench and watched, which is kind of what got them into this mess anyways because their offensive line don't block nobody. Facts. Uh, the Vikings needed overtime to beat the now 1-11 Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Vikings are now in the playoffs if they were to start today. Justin Jefferson won them that game. Thank you. He's insane. I Thank you. I I hadn't figured that one out. Oh, yet, I'm Dad. sorry. Oh, my bad. I, I didn't mean it like <laughs> that. My bad. <laughs> my bad. I didn't mean it like that. Uh, the Colts beat the Texans 26-20. Poor Deshaun Watson. Poor Deshaun Watson. Can we get it once? Here's the thing. There are a lot of people that think, well, once they get him a coach, it'll be set. No, because there's a lot of bad contracts on that team. Like, don't get me wrong. Laramie Tunsil is good. He's a good franchise left tackle, but he's reset the tackle market by being the second most expensive offensive lineman in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, How about Zach Cunningham making $11 million a year? Yeah, I mean, it's... There are some awful contracts that need to be just dealt. I don't think J.J. Watt's going to want to be there for a rebuild. And this team doesn't have a first or a second round pick. This yeah, is they're a gone. two, three-year project. They're going to have to really tear down almost everything. Yeah, they're going to have to make some moves. Guys are going to be needing to get traded in order to bring in assets. Like, you almost need to just go, okay, tear it down at the stud, to the studs and leave Tunsil, Watson. That might be your own, like your only two building blocks for this team. Everything else is kind of bad. Yeah, or Will Fuller is done for them. He's Will got Fuller's it. done. Brandon Cooks is done. I mean, Bernard McKinney, he's on an inflated contract. Zach Cunningham's on an inflated contract. Whitney Merciless is in his 30s and on an inflated contract. J.J. Watts on an expensive contract. This could be an interesting teardown. Yeah, I mean... The, it, the only reason the... I want to piece through those games is so that we could just talk about one play specifically for this next one. Because the Raiders should have lost to the Jets for the second straight year. And the Jets should have actually won that game. And I think if they had won, they would have leap, they would have actually fallen behind the Jags in the tank race. But Greg Williams bailed them out by sending eight on a blitz on a fourth down with 12 seconds left. You know what's going to happen now? Since Adam Gase seems to be the kryptonite to the Las Vegas Raiders, Adam Gase will get hired as a quality assistant for the Kansas City Chiefs. And they'll never lose to the Raiders again. Now, I do want to say this, Devin. Greg Williams was fired. But his, his his service for the tank will not be forgotten. And I'm sure he's already fielding more head coaching job offers that he knows what to do with. Apparently. Um, but, yeah, man, listen, that was that was the worst play call I've ever seen. It's, I didn't I, I can't put it past on that play call in his post game. Did you see this? Yes. I just I didn't understand it at all. I, I thought that was a bad play call. I'm like, oh, okay, Marcus. <laughs> I mean, he being real. I mean, it it's eleven sec. It's thirteen seconds left. Why would you? Why are you playing straight up man against the fastest 
man probably in the NFL. Straight line speed. <laughs> like you sending had no eight. chance. Sending eight. It's like this is not Madden. You that can't you can't Madden. you can't I uh, you can't hit a quarterback while he's throwing and it's gonna, you know, drop thirty yards short. <laughs> Alright, uh, it's a lot. There's a lot bad with them, but listen, I will stand by it. Sam Darnold is an NFL quarterback, man. He just needs the right team. He does. We've been saying this for years. Uh, jeez. It gets more apparent every day. Alright, so the Cardinals have now dipped out of the, the top seven in the playoffs. They now fall, I believe, in behind the Vikings. They lost to the Rams, uh, Sean McVay is still undefeated against the Rams. If only, or sorry, undefeated against the Cardinals. If only he could do it against the 49ers. That'd be nice. He came and beat. He came and beat a hapless 49ers team. Yeah, last it does week. make I mean, sense. Uh, they won 38-28. Listen, Kyler Murray's not right. They need to just shut it down. No, they're, they they're not it shut it down for the year. Um, the NFC West dynamic is weird because now the Seahawks are out of first place in the division because they just stunk up the joint. And lost to the fucking Giants. And, man, I love Jake Allen Bogan, man, but it's sweet about Joe Judge. Did, oh, is that, are we talking about the coach of the year yeah, one? Yeah. I saw that from a few people. I'm like, why? Because he's five and seven with the Giants? Have you not forgotten the fact that Brian Flores is like eight and four? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know he was it was tried meant to be out, you know, satire and, and funniness and whatnot. But listen, the Giants have a good defense. That's all I can say. They have a good. Uh, defense. You know who doesn't have a good defense, Dad? Seattle. No, I was gonna say Philly. Same. Uh, Rogers did get 400 career passing touchdowns. That's about the only thing that came out of this game that mattered. Whoa, other, whoa, whoa, whoa. other, well, okay, okay. We are in December. It's the holiday season. Uh, the <laughs> offensive line was in the giving mood. They allowed three sacks yet again. Um, and the, you know, how, you know, many years ago, Devin, the biggest thing that you could get was the elf on the shelf, right? <laughs> well, now we've got Wentz on the bench. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no man the Prince Harry doppelganger has reared his head and we did get to see some Jalen Hurts well if there's one thing that came out of the 2021 draft class Devin is that we have learned that Jalen Rieger is a better punt returner than Justin Jefferson but other than that nothing else to our friend Jake Ellenbogen today for tweeting, can everyone send their support to me, meaning me, yours truly. He's okay, but he wanted Justin Jefferson on the Eagles more than Tom Brady wants his seventh Super Bowl. This is very true. Yes. Well, that's okay, Devin, because the Eagles right now are picking sixth in the draft if it were to start today. Do they pick a quarterback? I don't think you can. Like, you, you you genuinely can't. Well, what do you want them to do that's going to satisfy what you want them to do as an Eagles fan? Well, That's my only the, thing. Here's the thing. We'll go off on a tangent because the other games, they, well, okay. If I'm an, for, as an Eagles fan, I looked at the numbers. And Carson is got the most untradeable contract in all of football. Easily. Like, you can look at Kirk Cousins' dead money. You can look at look at Matt Ryan's dead money. But you're getting more out of those players than you are with Wentz. He's been... I don't even know if there's a word to describe how bad he's been this year. He's been horrendous. He's been horrible. I, I can't defend this play anymore. He is on the books for <laughs> Okay, Devin. I want let's say out of the sake of argument, the Eagles cut Carson Wentz as our listeners are listening to this. Would you like to take a guess at his dead cap? Forty two million? Seventy seven point eight. Oh my god. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can't even really cut them next year because it goes, it does go down, but it goes down to 59 million. This is what I'm talking about. You really can't trade him. Nope. You have a $10 million roster bonus. You have a $6 million option on him. Like it's, it's bad. I mean, unless a bad football team wants to take a chance on him, I, I don't see. Who's going to have the cap room for that? The Colts. They're not. No, they're smarter than that. They are smarter, but they might be in play for Sam Darnold. Yeah, so, and Sam Darnold's on a much cheaper contract. And if it doesn't yeah. work next year, you can just not re-sign him. You're That's true. With so fifth, with fifth-year option money, as opposed to having to pay fucking. $28 million or something like that. But. It's ugly. Wentz has an out in 2022. Take it. So at, if you're drafting at six, you can't take one of those quarterbacks. Also, I don't yeah. want the fourth best quarterback in this class at pick six. But if you look at the Eagles, there is like absolutely no cap room for this team like none like i couldn't even tell you how much over the cap they are i think it's somewhere in the range of like 70 million over the cap or just something insane like that uh on just for this year alone devin in terms of cap hit wentz is 18 uh point six fletcher cox is 18.1 alshon jeffrey is 15.3 zach ertz is 12.7 jason kelsey is 7.4 brandon graham is 6.2 malik jackson is 4.8 million dollars on on the salary you know, uh, hit jason peters is at 4.6 did you know that jake elliott is the second highest paid kicker in the nfl I am not surprised by that. Yeah, he's also not very good. He's got a cap hit of $7.975 million. That's disastrous, man. For a kicker. He's on a five-year $19 million contract. By the way, again, Justin Tucker makes 5.3. Bad contracts all over, man. There, there is none on this on this on this roster. You have to basically hope to God that by cutting some of these guys or restructuring deals or trading them that you can find something. Uh, the Eagles check in at where is their 2021 salary cap numbers? Because this is hilarious. And if this would like to load, that'd be even better. But I guess not. Come on. So yeah, top in, in salary cap is just, is Jacksonville for this offseason, $85 million. You scroll all the way down to the bottom. The Saints are the worst with negative $95 million in cap space. Yep. Philly is next at 63.5. Over the cap. I didn't know that that was possible. <sighs> yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, NFL... Uh, salary caps still exist. No, they don't, but fucking $63 million. All I'm saying is this team is so bad. Peterson doesn't want to be there anymore. Howie Roseman can't draft. It's all bad. It's all bad, but it's also at the same time all good. You bring in someone else and we might be okay. True. We might be okay. Uh, moving on to these last two games. Uh, I forgot to actually include the Chargers versus Patriots in my weekly article. I didn't realize that till after the game. Uh, but that's okay because the Chargers forgot that game happened too. They lost forty-five to nothing. Yep, and yet people think there's a quarterback controversy. There is not. New England. There is so. not. Moving and then on. the Sunday nighter, uh, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Chiefs win. Lol. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch the game, uh, and it sounds like I didn't miss much. You know, uh, Jerry Judy didn't seem to miss much but running, so. Broncos are just bad. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, they need a quarterback. I don't know if they can get one. No, nah, they're Stafford? not going to get a 
They're not going to get a quality one, man. I don't think so. I think they stick with Locke. No, they can't. They can't. I think they do. They can't. He has shown that they can't. They're still going to keep trugging along, or they're going to get a a D-list quarterback, so. Andy Dalton? Yeah, that's exactly who they're probably targeting right now. Jesus Christ. Oh, but what a sad way. Sad way to end this this podcast. We seem to be doing that a lot, and I don't know why. Anyways, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore Draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at BigShotsPod. Um, use the promo code BigShots for 10% off your next Built Bar purchase. And we will see you probably... Friday. Until then, take it easy, guys.